If there's one thing I could say to you this morning, it's this, Jesus. Thank you very much. You can all go home. <laughs> oh, shucks. <laughs> I'll say a little bit more. It is hard for us as human beings to grasp what Jesus has done for us. But he's patient with us. He does not discriminate when he comes to us. Whether we have faith in him, no faith in him, a little faith in him, much faith in him. There are seasons in our lives and the name Jesus supersedes whatever we feel, however we view ourselves, because the name Jesus means the maker of all things is salvation. Now I'd like to look at another word that's part of that. You could put in the place of salvation a word we might understand better. The maker of all things is rescue. The maker of all things is rescue. So when you say, Father in heaven, and you give your prayer of praise and request to God and of thanks, and you say, in the name of Jesus, amen. If we could only see what happens in the kingdom of darkness, when we say, in the name of Jesus, we are saying, the maker of all things is our rescue story. So when you take the name of Jesus and you say, Lord Jesus, I give myself to you, it's done. In fact, he's already holding you. He's already holding me. Now, I have the privilege of having uh, a few siblings. And with uh, this opportunity to have a remembrance of the fact that I am fearfully and wonderfully made and that I was knit together in my mother's womb, and one day I popped out with tennis shoes on and a ball, and I was ready to, oh, no, I guess not. I wasn't exactly in that condition at that point. But I came out, and uh, I'm sure I let others know I was there. It's such a blessing to hear the cry of a baby when they're first born. When they're still and they don't cry for a while, that's not too good. Our first child, Tammy, when uh, she was ready to be delivered, uh, she gave a good cry when she came out. And I happened to be in the surgery, surgery with uh, my wife and watched the C-section. And some of you would say, eh. it was awesome. And there she was. And here she came in. Wah! And I was in there for Lana's um, surgery as well. I, I had an in with doctors who were friends of the family or I was a close pastoral friend. So this one doctor, his name was Wonderly. You like that for a doctor. Um, he said, uh, would you like to come in to the surgery? 
uh, and see Lana Bourne. Sure. So I get in there, and when she came out, she didn't give a cry. And she was taking a nap. The anesthetic had kind of gone a little too far. And uh, so, you know, I'm looking anxiously because I heard the first one. I knew what that was about. But she wasn't crying. And the nurse took her and said, don't worry, everything's going to be okay. And I'm watching her go out, and they're giving her oxygen. Pretty soon I hear, wah. And I went, yes. Okay. Jesus is about holding us all through life. My, uh, I have a brother, two brothers and two sisters. Now if I can get this thing out of here. And my youngest sister, her name is Anne, she sent me something for my birthday. And um, what she sent me was this. It's a pair of hands, and it's a heart. So the heart is in the hands. From conception, you were in the hands of God. From, the, from conception, I was in the hands of God. And the one who holds me is the maker of all things who is rescue. He's my rescue story. In 1982, January 13, there was an airplane crash that took place of a Florida airline uh, aircraft number 90. And it had taken off um, and ended up crashing in the Potomac River. Um, when the plane crashed, it went over two bridges, got nicked the second one on, on in, and there was a third bridge. And uh, as it hit that second bridge, it plunged into the water. And um, some passengers were killed instantly. There were 74 passengers in that plane. And, uh, but then people stopped when they saw this along the shore, and they saw some people thrashing around in the icy water. And if you've ever gotten in water to do a baptism, and maybe when you were baptized, you had the privilege of being in cold water, ice water is something else. In no time, your body temperature is down. You would just lose strength and go under. But miraculously, a helicopter was in the area near the Pentagon and was flown over the river. And when they got there, they dropped a line. And there, were, there was a man in the water. His name was Arland. And as he saw the line come down, he saw the people thrashing next to him. And he passed the line to one person. And then the helicopter pulled that person to the shore. They dropped that, brought the line back. He passed the line again. And the person hung onto the line and went over to the shore. And he did that as long as there was someone to pass a line to. And when they came back for him, he wasn't there. Now, 
he expressed in his behavior the name Jesus. Because the maker of all things is our rescue story. I believe that anyone who acts from love like that is expressing what in the book Desire of Ages, there's in the first chapter, you've got to read that if you haven't recently. It says the law of life of the universe is self-sacrificing love. The law of life of the universe is what? Self-sacrificing love. And so Jesus, he told us in the book of Hebrews, as Paul wrote down, and you can go there to chapter 12 of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 12, and we're going to look at verses that have been read here this morning. Thank you very much for doing that for us. Um, chapter 12. Chapter 12 of Hebrews. Verse 1 and down through 2. And then we'll look at 3. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight in the sin, the separation, the word here is amartia in the Greek, the separation between us and God. Uh, lay aside the sin, this relationship, get in contact with him. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus. Those people who were drowning were thrashing around looking for help, looking for rescue, and no one on the shore was able to figure out how to do that to these people who were in the middle of that river, right near the wreckage. There was a person near the shore, and uh, they were able to drag that person out and save that person. In, in all, there were four saved and one stewardess, so five people were saved. When you remember Arland, think of this verse too. Looking unto Jesus, looking unto the Lord who is our rescue story, who is the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of God, the throne of God. Looking unto Jesus. That's the life God offers us. Not looking unto me. We have a new year before us, and some of you have uh, made resolutions. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. I suggest there's only one resolution that works. First thing in the morning, get on your knees. Put your heart in the hand of the creator. Okay? He waits for us in the morning. And so, there's a little quote that I have in my Bible that I pasted in here. It's from the book, Steps to Christ. And it reads like this. Consecrate yourself to God in the morning. Make this your very what? First work. 
Let me suggest there's only one resolution you should make. And that's this. Get on your knees the first thing in the morning. Don't let the phone distract you. Don't let any duty distract you. Even if it's just for a moment, get on your knees in the morning. Because you then have put yourself under the protection and the care of the maker of all things, who is your rescue story. Then throughout the day, he's going to handle that day. Amen. He will teach you. You know, Romans 5, go there, Romans 5, 5. If you don't have the kind of love in you that you would like to have, that is this self-sacrificing love, this agape love, then here's the source of it. When you get on your knees, claim Romans 5.5, 5, which says this, Romans 5.5. 5. Is there anybody who has it would like to read for us, who has a booming voice? You got it. Thank you, Drew. Okay. Okay. I love that the way it's put. And then I'd love to add to it uh, another piece of the Greek where it says, the love of God has been poured out, okay, into our hearts, into our minds. So when I kneel before God in the morning, it's not about what I'm wearing. It's not about whether my breath is good or not. It's not about what I've got in the day that I'm going to have to do. It's about the pause. It's about the great pause. So if you want to commit yourself to anything in this new year, pause first thing in the morning. Drop to your knees. If it's next to your bed, for me it's out near the couch in the living room. And I think I showed you my blanket last time. And I lay out my blanket, and I kneel. And when I kneel, it doesn't make any difference how I feel, because I've just bowed before my maker, who is my rescue story. And in reality, he is pouring his love into my heart, into me, into my mind. That's his promise. He will do it. So if you don't like the way you were last year, just get on your knees and say one simple prayer. Jesus. 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 Consecrate yourself to God in the morning. Make this your very first work. Let your prayer be, take me. Now listen how simple this is. Take me O oh Lord, as completely yours, I lay all my plans at your feet. Use me today in your service. Abide with me. Amen. And let all that I do be woven together in you, be wrought in you. This is a daily matter. Each morning, consecrate yourself to God for that day. Surrender all your plans to him to be carried out 
and this is the part we don't like, or given up. <laughs> that really is hard, okay? You make a plan, let's work the plan. And some people go, ah, when a change comes in the day. But who's in charge of the day? Who's in charge of the day? The maker of all things, who is our rescue story? Correct? Therefore, in the day, he is with us moving things, all the pieces here and there, and his plan may be different than our plan. Now, you might think that it's easy. Uh, it is easier to be an Arland and swing the rope over to someone knowing you're going to die and you're giving everything away because you know that person has a need. But you know, living sometimes is the problem. If I could just help someone, then I'd feel okay, God and I are connected, I help their life, you know, go on, and, and I'm in the water and I freeze and die. Yes, success. But here's real success. Listening now for the voice of God. And I suggest to you that the greatest privilege in this new year, to those who are online, this is for you too. The greatest mission and opportunity for the new year and the greatest place to be is where we listen for the voice of God. How does that happen? There are three ways God speaks to us. Through his word. And so that's why we read. But we don't read just to, oh, know this story, that story. No, we read to hear the voice of the maker of all things who is our rescue story. Because if we consecrate ourselves to God in the morning and we lay our plans before him, then what we're doing is, okay, help me to know when to give up or when to keep the plans. That's the Christian life. There are people who want so much control that there's no room for God. Your day is not your own. My day is not my own. My breath is not my own. I've seen people die. And it's hard to believe. I saw a baby die one time. I was asked to watch that baby while this nurse went down the hall and before she got back, the baby died and I saw the baby dying. I, I wanted to do something, but I couldn't do a thing. And I ran down the hall, called the nurse back. She came back, she says, no, there's nothing we can do. But there is something we can do. With the breath that's in our chest, when you wake up in the morning, consecrate yourself to God in that morning, and say, like Jesus, for the joy that is laid before me, I will endure whatever comes. Amen. I will despise the shame. And sometimes you in your workplace, because you've chosen the Sabbath, the relationship with Jesus, that special anniversary, that he's the maker, right? That's what Sabbath is about. 
I meet with the maker of all things, who's my rescue story. That's the Sabbath, right? It's cool. Our life is about hearing from the maker of all things, who's our rescue story. First way he comes is through the word. And the more you read it, pretty soon you'll wake up in the morning or you'll go through the day and a scripture will come to you, a story will come to you, and it applies right then to you. But you may not see how it's going to be used. You may, wow, that's good. That promise is good. But someone else may need it in the day, right? Because for the joy that was laid before him, Jesus lived that true? It was not easy for him to live in this world. Can you imagine the pain of the sensitive nature he had? He heard the father yelling at his son or daughter. He watched someone cheat someone else in the marketplace. He saw the leaders who supposedly were leaders who really were leading, they said, for God. And they had a double standard in their life. And he, inside of him, his whole spirit was in pain because he knew what it was to come from love. And he knew what it could do if people would only come from love. Amen. And so Romans 5, 5 says... God pours his agape, self-sacrificing love, into us through the Holy Spirit who comes to us. Holy Spirit speaks to us through Scripture. Number two, the Holy Spirit speaks to us through his impressions on our mind. I have asked, and I hope that... Uh, you're experiencing the joy of this. I've asked the Lord to make me uncomfortable. It is hard for me to go up and talk to a stranger um, about God. Okay? Because after all, you know, I, I don't want to push anybody, um, but I've told the Lord, you talk to me and I will do it. I don't know if you've ever done that. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit is starting to really tell me what to do. A few weeks ago, he told me, you got two, okay, I love jackets. Okay, I don't know why, but I, I've, I used to buy a bunch of jackets. Every time I'd see a jacket, I'd, oh, there's a neat jacket, you know. I found two jackets one time for $5 each at pennies. You know, it was like... The find of a lifetime. And those jackets are incredible. They still have been wonderful until about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, God said, you got two coats. And you wear the black one, but you don't wear the blue one very often. So I want you to give the blue one away. Okay. All right. I'll give the blue one away. And so I thought to myself, man, i got to wash this coat before I give away. But I didn't get it done. So this one morning, I had to rush to the school uh, at Campion, and uh, I had to, t 
take um, my granddaughter to school, I think it was. No, had to go see someone there. So I was on the way to the school, saw the person coming back, and there was a guy who was on a bicycle, and he had a little tow cart behind him that a little child would ride in. I don't know what you call those anyway. And he had a t-shirt on, and I had a coat on, and it was so cold, and I knew it. And I'm just going, and God goes, you should stop and ask him, does he have a coat? And I thought, yeah, okay. So I kept driving, and I got up near the church on the corner of Taft and then 402 there. And God says, turn around and go ask him if he has a coat. And God has been teaching me, I don't want the feeling, I don't want the, if you want to say condemnation, but it's like the feeling of not following the lead of my best friend. So I go, okay, turn around, go back. Roll the window down when I get near him. He looks over, I said, "Uh, aren't you cold? Do you have a coat? He says, oh yeah, I have a coat. Uh, He says, no, I'm not cold. So I said, uh, do you have a coat? He says, oh yeah. He says, it's in there with him. And I thought, okay. All right. So I said, I, you sure I can't, I can't give you this coat? Can't give you a coat or something? He says, no, I'm fine. So I went on back to Campy and turned around, came back, and there he was, and God just said on my mind, ask him again. So I said, are you sure that you don't need a coat? And he says, well, you know, I can, I, if you have a little change, that'd be helpful. And uh, years ago, I really had a problem with people asking for money. Because I used to think to myself, yeah, they're just going to drink it away or, you know, terrible attitude. And... Uh, there have been times when Lynn just kind of said, what's wrong with you? Well, you know, uh, and, no, what's wrong with you? And um, so God's also talked to me in that area. All your money is mine. Okay. But I didn't want to give money away and not be happy. You know what I'm saying? I didn't want to be reluctant. Now, I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about the voice of the Holy Spirit. If you and I will consecrate ourselves to God in the morning and make it our very first work, you will begin to hear the voice of God. You will begin to experience the impressions of the Holy Spirit by which you are to live. He will tell you, you got your plans? And he'll say, oh, turn this way. Go over here. Do this. You will have the greatest adventure, but the devil will fight you on the way. No, you don't need to go there. You don't need to do that. Yep. So he says, do you have any change? And I said, "Uh, yeah, I do. And so I went over and I pulled the 20 out of my wallet, and I'm just going, in the past, I would have gone a 20. The Lord's going, a 20. Okay, 20. And I said to him, "Um, are you sure you don't need a coat? I mean, I'm trying to get rid of this coat. The Lord's told me, give this coat away. 
And I, I started taking it off. He says, oh, I can't take your coat. I said, no, it's not my coat. It belongs to Jesus. And I would give you his coat. Will you take his coat? Okay. Now, he said something in the next few moments that I've never heard from anybody before. He put the coat on. And he looked at me and says, what word do you have for me? What would you say? Yeah. Basically what God has been telling me and shown me is the maker of all things loves and wants me. Amen. Just as I am, not as I should be. That's what Jesus is. He's the maker of all things who loves and he wants me. It's okay for him to love me. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus loves me, this I know. But want me? I don't want me. I don't know if you experienced that. I don't like me. I don't want me. And Jesus goes, but I want you. So as soon as he said that, what word do you have for me? God just put in my mind, the maker of all things loves and wants you. Just as you are, not as you should be. And you know how you can tell when someone wants to give a hug? <laughs> so I said, hey, let me give you a hug. And um, gave him a hug. And I said, uh, I'm so glad to, to get to know you. Your name is? He said, my name is Daniel. Daniel. He says, my name is Daniel. I said, my name is the Apostle Paul. And I'm so glad to be with you. God bless you. He said, and you too. And turned the car around, and then the relief was there. I listened and you and I, it's the normal Christian life to hear God talking to us, isn't it? Amen. Through scripture, through the Holy Spirit's impressions, and you will hear all kinds of other voices. Two other kinds of voices. One is self-talk. Where I talk with myself. Someone says something and they think I'm listening. No, I'm listening to myself. I'm talking about that to myself. And, you know... And, and then they say, are you listening to me? Oh, yeah, I'm listening to you. Liar, liar, your pants are on fire. You know, I don't know if you heard that. But you know what I'm saying? We all do that. But now, here's the other part. Satan put it in the heart of Judas to betray Jesus. You ever read that scripture? Satan put it in the heart of Judas to betray Jesus. Therefore, Satan will put things in my mind, all kinds of things, distractions of all kinds. Amen. But the Holy Spirit will talk to us in agreement with the word. That makes sense? Number one, Holy, the reason we read the scriptures is so we get his thoughts in our mind that he can then bring into our minds and our thinking becomes his thinking. That's the new year we want. Amen? That's what you want for the new year. The third one is 
providential leadings. You may never have thought a certain thing was going to happen. You may have had a need and you didn't know what to do. And God goes, gotcha. Got the, I got it covered. Don't worry. But it doesn't mean we don't move ahead. When uh, my wife and I went to, with our two girls to Africa, and we first arrived in, uh, it was in October of 1978. Long time ago, some of you weren't born, you weren't even thought of, you know, but Jesus thought of you. Right? We left Johannesburg, and there was a string of miracles that were providential, but this one especially stood out. We left Johannesburg, we were driving toward Gaborun in Botswana, the capital there, and then we were driving on a brand new road. At least it was the, the road base, brand new road, and it was straight, just straight. But it was so dark, then a rainstorm began that was so bad, I could not see. But I'm thinking, and the wipers were going like this, and it was just, I couldn't see. But there was a great blessing, lightning like crazy. So it flashed lightning, I see the road was straight, I just keep driving straight. Huh? Rain like crazy, and then, and I'm just, oh yeah, there's the road, keep, keep going, okay? Get down the way toward Francistown, another large uh, city there in uh, town in um, Botswana. I'm coming into the town, and I didn't realize after all of that wet, I went to stop on my brakes as I came. I could see a barricade coming, and I saw a bridge off to the left. So I put my brakes on, and there was no brake. And I was pushing, pushing, pushing. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Give me some brakes. Come on, come on, come on. And I'm seeing it coming, and I, I just thought, all I can do is turn to the left and get on this bridge. So I just turned on the bridge, and it's like the angels must have held my wheels tight. And I made the turn, and then I realized it was a single lane bridge. Oh, please don't let anybody be coming. Made it across. Nobody was coming. <sighs> Thank you, Lord. Providential leadings. Okay? It's coming. We get into Francistown, and I'm going, we were supposed to stay there overnight. I didn't know where to go. So I thought, you go to police station. That's what you do. So I went to the police station. Only I didn't realize, and I pulled into the police station. When I pulled in, I pulled into the back, and I didn't realize that I was pulling in the back. And there was war going on in um, Zimbabwe, and there was some stuff going on. But anyway. And uh, I walked into the back, and there was a guy, and I saw his back to me, and it was a policeman. And I came up behind him, and I said, pardon me, I need some help. He was on the phone, and he just about jumped about three feet high. He looked at me, he said, where'd you come from? And I, I just said, well, I just came from South Africa, and I came from Gaborun, and he's just like, he's got the phone, and he's trying to, and he just goes, stay here. And he turns around, he's talking on the phone, I'm going, I'm not staying here. I turned around, walked out, got in the car, and took off. <sighs> okay. Now, it was providential that he didn't say, sit down. He just stay, said, stay here. So, slept there that night, 
took off the next day and got to a little place and um, this village was a village of huts and I needed fuel and this is where providence really comes in I needed diesel fuel and um, here was a pump had a lock on it nobody there and I sat there for a while just going how do I do this and pretty soon here comes a guy running and he comes over you need some diesel yep and he gives me diesel and just then a guy pulls up in a combi or a VW van and uh, he's there to get fuel as well but he's looking at me he says where are you going and I said well I'm going to go to Zambia <clears throat> and we're going to go up to a mission there and he was a Mennonite missionary and uh, he says listen I have something that you need to remember soon up the road here you're going to go through wanky game park and it will as it begins there's a hundred kilometer stretch you if you find a truck call them a lorry if you find a truck get in behind it and even if you have to eat dust get in behind it and stick with that truck for a hundred kilometers um, okay thank you very much and uh, <clears throat> he said there's been uh, in that stretch there's been military that have come out on the road and they've been robbing people and threatening people and some have had worse trouble and you know we're just newbies <laughs> we're just arriving and going to our mission and so we're driving along the road and all at once up ahead I see three big trucks and they're off the side of the road parked but just as I get up near them two of them pull off and I realized this one's broken down. So I come in behind the second one in line and we're going along and we go about 50 kilometers down the road and I've eaten dust and another one breaks down and pulls off the side of the road. So here's this, this truck right here in front of me. I got one, you know, tractor and trailer. So we're hanging behind this thing and just driving up the road. Another 50 kilometers and it breaks down. Now let me, let me go back through that. Okay. The missionary tells us when you get up the road, you go about uh, 30, 40 uh, kilometers, and from there on, if you see a truck, or even now if you see a truck, stick right behind it. We get up the road to the very place he told us that, it, that the soldier activity began, and here's three trucks. One's dead, and two are living. And we get behind the living ones. 50 kilometers down, another one dies. 50 more, another one dies, and our 100 kilometers of scary area was behind us. Okay? I don't know what your year holds. I don't know what my year holds, but here's what it holds. Here's who holds me. Okay? Every morning, I put my hand in the hand of the one who stilled the waters. Amen. I can choose to consecrate myself to God in the morning and make this my very first work. I recommend this to you. This is the place of safety. This is the only place of safety. Get on your knees. First thing, 
and your prayer can be very simple. Jesus. Jesus. Here I am. Work with me all day. I give every moment of it to you. And it's yours. It is his joy to put you in his plan. When I put myself in his hands, I put myself in his plan. He will use scripture and talk to you this year. He will use the impressions of the Holy Spirit and talk to you this year. And he will use divine providence and he will talk to you this year. What I'd like to do now is ask you for him to make a commitment. Something super simple that you can do. He doesn't ask much, but then he asks everything. Isn't that crazy? Contradiction, right? Because when we kneel, we give him permission to take us over. I have been around people who have committed themselves to another power. I've seen them taken over. I know the spiritual realm is real. Amen. There is a dark side and there is a side of light and freedom. Amen. There's a place of rescue because Jesus is our rescue story. Amen. When I kneel and give myself to him, it's not about how good I am. Amen. It's not about whether I'm worthy. It's about on my knees, that's my, re that's my res resolution for the new year. And if you forget, so what? Get on your knees. If you have to do it in the bathroom, sometimes people go into a stall and they pray. Right? It's like a plane stalling out. No. Anyway. Okay? Go into the bathroom. Pray. If you have to go and sit in your car and pray, oh, I forgot to commit myself to you, Lord. Here I am. Take me. I believe that's the only normal Christian life resolution for any year. Then expect the unexpected. Then expect the awesome. Amen. Because to live in the center of God's will Amen. is joy. Amen. Then we, like Jesus, can have this said about us. Amen. For the joy that was laid before us. Right? Because we've given ourselves to him. And he's the maker who is our rescue story. Amen. We too can have his joy in us. Amen. There's a man. His name is Desmond Doss. Some of you remember that name. There was a movie made about him. Uh, some of you may not have known that he was a Seventh-day Adventist. In 1944... He uh, was in Okinawa, sorry, in Okinawa, and um, there was a place called Hacksaw Ridge. It was a terrible place. 
It was an area where they had to take ground. American forces tried to take ground to liberate. And uh, I don't necessarily recommend you watch the movie. It's pretty graphic. But it says, it tells a story. And the story is this. Jesus first. Jesus first. I remember near the end of that movie as I watched it, and the story holds this too. He had been part of rescuing a lot of people already. He was a medic and uh, was a non-combatant. Um, and this one morning he was getting, and the soldiers knew there was something about this guy. He had a charmed life. And so before they entered that day's um, effort to try to liberate an area and clean out enemy occupation, uh, the soldiers were standing there and someone came up and said, why are you guys waiting here? You're supposed to go up onto the ridge. They said, no, we're waiting for him. Waiting for him. What's the big deal about him? Oh, he's got to talk to God and, and figure out the time we're supposed to go up the ridge. And can you imagine? The world came to the great pause. That's your privilege and mine. The great pause. As soon as he was done praying, he had his little Bible. He said, they said, okay to go? Yep, it's okay to go. <laughs> that day there were over 50 people that he brought down and only stopped bringing people down who were wounded or injured because he was shot in the shoulder and uh, couldn't go on and do that work. War is not, war is horrible. I've lived in places where there's war. War is horrible. But there is a place of safety. Jesus is the place of safety. Amen. What I'd like to have you do is, I'd like to have you think uh, this way. I choose. Um, maybe we'll do it th together this way. If you'd like to, say this with me. Say this prayer. Lord Jesus, I choose to put you first. Come into me so that I get on my knees first thing in my day. And if I can't get up, I surrender to you in bed. Take me. I'm willing for you to do whatever you want in my day. I trust you because you're my maker and you're my rescue story. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you that we as little children have to remember that we are just little children. Yes. 
It's too easy to feel like grown-ups. And a bunch of us who came up here this morning during the story gave evidence that we understand what it means to be a little child. Because we're little kids of the king of the universe, the maker of all things who's our rescue story. So Lord Jesus, right now we have given you all that we know how to do, and that's the commitment to kneel, to surrender, first thing. Thank you for taking us now. We just did it. And that's the New Year's resolution we make, no matter how pretty or ugly it is or what we look like when we get on our knees. Doesn't make any difference. May your spirit be poured out in us so that we will do that as our one New Year's resolution. In Jesus' name, amen.